All right. Welcome into another Instant Reaction podcast. Uh, this, of course, is uh, a podcast of the Patriot Nation podcast, and it is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media Network. Make sure to go to, uh, to sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. All right. So we are taking a look at day two of Patriots camp. Of course, day two. Uh, still really kind of a walkthrough. Um, still... Really kind of a walkthrough, um, unfortunately. Again, this is the way that the uh, CBA is written, that they have to do a certain amount of practices. Uh, we probably won't see a full padded practice until, I would say, probably Monday, maybe on Sunday, maybe. Um, but I don't necessarily think so. So uh, we shall see. Anyways, uh, decent day overall by the offense. Uh, Mac Jones was fine, not anything special. Uh, did throw some nice passes um, with some really nice touch on them to had a nice touchdown pass to Devontae Parker in the back of the end zone, had a nice touchdown pass to Mike Kosecki in the back of the end zone uh, and made some good plays overall. Zappi looked fine. Okay. Uh, nothing special from him either. He's playing against the second team defense as well. So it's a little bit different um, than, than what Mac was doing. Trace McSorley is just, he's a third string quarterback. That's pretty obvious at this point. Um, so, but, you know, overall, a decent day. The offense, uh, the defense is still significantly ahead of the offense. I think that's pretty obvious uh, from anyone that watches it uh, should be fairly obvious. So, um, you know, the other hard part is that, you know, the defenses are there, but they're not going full speed. And so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Now, you know, the first the first one says, uh, the first comment from the GOAT Mario P says, without a doubt, if Zappy gets reps at the start, as will try and Mac. I just don't, I don't believe that to be true. I thought Mac was fine. Um, again, the offense as a whole is below the defense. They're just, they're, they're not where the defense is yet. And that's not surprising. The defense is going to be a top five to 10 defense this year. It's going to be, it's just, it's going to happen. Um, and so number one, they're more talented than the offense is. And number two, the defense is always further along the offenses. It's just the way it is. Um, but you see Mac make plays, you see him do things. And look, the the very first pass that Zappy threw in um in uh the red zone work that they were doing, the the very one, okay. <laughs> ben Jar uh Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, I almost called him. <laughs> Wrong 42. Uh JJ Taylor comes out uh to the flat. And Zappy let him a little bit too much, and Calvin Munson was closing. And I'm telling you something right now. If that was a game. Either A, it was a pick six for Calvin Munson, or B, JJ Taylor would be going to the hospital. Um, it it just it just wasn't it wasn't good. Um, and it's again, it's a throw out of the flat. It's one play, right? So the hard thing is we look at these plays and we and we try to diagnose what's going on. No one's running at full speed. So we it's hard to tell. Did Zappy miss Zappy missed a decent amount of passes to the corner of the end zone? Mac missed a decent amount of passes to the corner of the end zone. Like they're still working on things. They're still trying to figure things out. Again, no one's running full speed. It's just, it's very difficult to kind of see what's going on. Um, and it wasn't a crossbody throw, by the way, that was just, a, that was out to the flat. It was a, it was an easy throw um, that, that wasn't a good throw. But again, to me, that that's the whole point. Like it's not, there's nothing to glean from this. Okay. And so you look at it and just think like, they're not there yet. 
right? Like, let's see what happens when the pads go on. Let's see what happens when the offense builds chemistry a little bit, as that Skywalker says. Like, let's just see what happens when those things happen, right? And so, oh, I didn't see, um, I didn't see the crossbody. Uh, oh, the the interception that Mac threw to Duggar, right? Yeah, Duggar, another pick today for Duggar, who's been all over the field. Uh, the, I thought the first team defense was interesting on um, when they went to the goal line. I think the second time they were down at the goal line, Christian Gonzalez, by the way, has been working with the ones as the outside corner nonstop. He is their number one corner now. Okay. And they've been switching off yesterday. John Jones was the outside corner. Miles Bryant started out as the inside slot guy. Marcus Jones worked in there a little bit today when they went to that defense. Um, Christian Gonzalez was the outside corner. Marcus Jones was the other outside corner. And John Jones was back at safety with Kyle Duggar which I thought was interesting. So it, it's just, it's one of those interesting things where you look at it and just think like, yeah, there's, you know, there are, there are things going on and they can tool, they can change and kind of maneuver and manipulate things. John Jones is fast enough to play safety. He's fast enough to go in there. So, um, and so we'll see. And so Thad mentions uh, about Belichick hinting at Kyle Duggar. He, he did, I believe before practice, they asked about Duggar, and he said, yeah, he's like, he's fast. He can hit hard. He can play well in the run. He can defend the pass. He does a great job. And he's like, th those guys are at a premium. So he's like, that's why those guys get drafted high. That's why those guys get paid a lot of money because they're valuable players. And so, you know, that's as close to that's as close to him saying that we want him around that he's probably going to get paid pretty well as he's ever going to do, right? So, you know, Belichick in, in mid-season form again, Right, asked about Ty Montgomery's position. Ty had a great day yesterday. Had a pretty good day again today too. Um, you know, asked about his position this morning, and he said he was versatile. <laughs> so, so you know, he, you know, you're never going to get an answer from him. So, um, but you know, I, I thought it was. Look, we're going to sit here and talk about oh Mac this and Zappy this and Mac this and Zappy this, and we're going to try to go back and forth, and we're going to talk about you know, Riley Reef struggling at, at, at right tackle. And we're talk about, you know, Trent Brown looking decent at left, at, at left tackle and Riley Reef struggling at right. Like, you know, we can go back and forth, but at the end of the day, there's nothing to really glean off of this. The one thing I would say, and, and filthy fishing over here, it's uh, <laughs> a great name, uh, mentions Demario Douglas. And I think that that's where guys are getting reps is the thing that you can look at. Demario Douglas and not in the full team portion, um, really just kind of when they were when they were going against air, or maybe when they were going against uh the scout team, Demario Douglas was running with the ones, catching passes from Mac Jones. You know, that's significant. I mean, that doesn't guarantee that Demario Douglas is gonna be on the on the roster or is gonna make the team or whatever, but you know. Him, him running with the with that team, catching passes from your number one quarterback, running routes with your number one, number two, and number three wide receivers. That's a really good sign for a rookie six round pick. Okay, and so whereas Booty was over with the scout team, Malik Cunningham was over with the scout team. Those guys, those other rookie wide receivers, were running with the scout team offense and Trace McSorley, whereas those two were running with. Um, you know, I'm sorry that Demario Douglas, I'm sorry, was running with Mac and then Zappy was, you know, it's like the ones and twos were running against the scout team defense and the ones and twos on defense were running against the scout team offense. So when you're talking about that guys with the number one and number two offense, that's great. That's a good sign. 
right? And so Thornton, it was it was Thornton, Bourne, Parker, Juju, and Demario Douglas. Those are the wide receivers that were over there, right? And then obviously you had Henry and Gasecki. But that's a great sign for a young kid to be that guy that was in the mix there, right? So I was happy to see that. Um, Ramondre was was limited today. And so we saw a ton of Pierre Strong. We saw a decent amount of Kevin Harris catching pass out of the backfield as well. You know, Kevin Harris, man, his flipping thighs. You know, you talk about A.J. Dillon's quadzilla. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, Kevin Harris might be son of quadzilla because his his quads are absolute tree trunks. Um, and so, you know, look, I mean, who the heck knows is going to happen, but if they don't sign anyone, he's that type of bruising guy that could be the goal line back to spell Ramondre at times. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. So Dalvin Cook is meeting with the, the Jets tomorrow, it sounds like. Grow talked about him yesterday, that they're interested in him. It's just going to depend on what people offer him, right? And so uh, are the Jets going to give him a more competitive offer to say, hey, don't go talk to New England? I don't know, right? But the Patriots have been in discussions with Dalvin Cook, and so there are certainly things that they're going to add on there. No one, none of the other rookies really, to me, have flashed a ton. Mapu has looked really good in coverage, I think. Um, and again, it's hard to tell. He's wearing the red no-contact jersey, and they're not hitting. So it's hard to really tell what he's doing out there, but he looks fluid. He looks like he knows what he's doing. As I said, Christian Gonzalez has been their number one corner. They've rotated that other cornerback position. Christian Gonzalez is playing the number one corner for the Patriots defense right now. Again, we're day two of camp. That could change, but it doesn't seem like it's going to. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that that's a great sign for for what we expected from Gonzalez. And I think what we can look forward to with Gonzalez here this year. So uh, I'm going to get into some of the special team stuff in a minute. But first, uh, we have a word from our sponsors. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com Boston to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com Boston. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 21 and up and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. So uh, the kicking game. Today, it was Chad Rowland kicking field goals instead of Nick Folk. Uh, they gave Folk the field goals yesterday. They gave Rowland the field goals today. However, Bryce Barringer still the holder. So it's pretty obvious that Barringer is the number one punter at this point. 
Um, Waitman is here, you know, and and I guess there's a quasi competition going on, but in that competition, Bryce Barringer is clearly in the lead. Um, I assume it'll stay that way. You don't you don't draft a punter and not have him make the team. Okay, that's pretty obvious. I would say the same thing about a kicker. And let me tell you something: the difference in leg strength today compared to what we saw with Nick Folk is just not even close. It's not even comparable. Ryland is booming kicks today and they weren't deep kicks, right? They weren't, but Ryland's leg clearly is stronger than folks. Um, you know, clearly has, has a heck of a leg on him and, you know, he was hitting everything as well, which is obviously a good sign too. So, you know, I was impressed by Ryland, but again, it's the second day of camp. It's 80 degrees out. It's really not. It's not a pressure situation by any stretch of imagination, right? So, so it's not as though, oh my God, this guy's amazing. But hey, he's out there kicking and and hitting field goals, which is great. So, I think that for Ryland, that's a good sign. For Nick Folk, not so much, right? So, um, but it is what it is. You know, I, I think that Folk has been great here, and I like Nick Folk a lot. Nick Folk came in at a time when, you know, Gostowski had just left. We were in between kickers. It was a mess. The kicking situation was a mess. Folk came in and has been reliable and consistent since the day he walked in the building, which has been great. I just think he's at the point right now where he's just, he doesn't have it anymore, right? He's just getting a little bit older. His leg strength isn't there anymore. I mean, last year he missed from 44 short. You can't, as an NFL kicker, miss short from 44. I mean, it just can't happen. And I know maybe it was a little bit of a windy day. It was to the open part of the stadium. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can't miss short from 44 as an NFL kicker. So, um, you know, it, it just, it was obvious when he stepped up there, right? And, and I'm not, I'm also not, you know, I'm not looking at it saying that, uh, that, you know, this kid has, uh, you know, it's Justin Tucker and has a crazy leg, whatever. You know, I mean, his kicking leg is fine, but, it's significantly better than what Nick Folk is. And, you know, and for that, unfortunately, um, you know, I say thank you very much, Nick Folk, but I think we're, you know, it's it's time to move on. I believe, Dark Bugold, I believe the record was cons- for consecutive field goals under 50. I think he had hit like 35 in a row or something ridiculous like that. Um, but yes, I believe it was an NFL record where it was field goals under 50 yards. Um, so, but you know that was that was impressive to 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 see Ryan kicking and again Barringer still being at that holder position. You sit there and look at it and say, okay, you know, this kid is is you know pretty clearly the number one the number one punter. Um, you know, the rest of the stuff is hard to see. I mean, it's, it, there's not a ton going on, and of course, you want to see that rapport getting built, right? You want to see Mac building rapport with his receivers, right? And again, you know, when someone talks about their um, their depth light engine is talking about their depth. And I, and I, um, and I agree 64 field goals. I didn't realize that. Whew, that's outrageous. Um, I didn't realize it was 64 inside 50. That's crazy. Uh, I thought it was like 45, but I was wrong. Um, uh, anyways, I think their depth is all right at receiver. Now, maybe they're not like, you know, number one receivers, but they have a ton of, Pretty good to above average players, right? When you look at Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker and um, Tyquan Thornton and then Juju Smith-Suso, there's your top four right there. It's a pretty good top four. 
it maybe is not a great top four. And you, you know, you're certainly hoping that Tyquan Thornton takes a step up this year. If Tyquan Thornton can take a step forward this year, that top four is pretty good, right? It's not amazing, but it's decent, right? And you don't really have that star number one guy, but Parker can make plays that other guys don't make, right? So I think that that's decent. I think it's pretty good. Um, so, you know, we'll kind of, we'll see from there. Um, and then you have Gasecki and Henry, which I think is great. And I think that those guys are solid receiving options at tight end. And now don't forget now, you also have Ramondre Stevenson coming out of the backfield who has looked over his career, looked very good catching passes out of the backfield. Ty Montgomery's really flashed again in camp. Now he got hurt last year. Let's see what happens this year, but he's flashed again in camp. I think Pierre Strong has had a good camp so far, catching pass out of the backfield. Okay, but again, it's hard to see, right? He's a back coming out of the backfield. You're playing at half speed. No one's hitting him, right? So it's hard to kind of see where that's going to develop during the season. But right now, it looks decent. Next man up is, that's the question, right? After those top four, you have Kayshawn Booty. You have Trey Nixon. You have Demario Douglas. You have, you know... Malik Cunningham, I guess. Um, you know, it's not great. The depth after the top four isn't great, but I would say the depth after the top four on any team isn't great. Um, so, you know, and if Booty and Douglas can actually do something, certainly Douglas looks like he's looks as though he's working his way up the depth chart. And again, there's no way to know, but just the fact that he's working with those guys right now is a good sign. It's a good sign for things to come. So, uh, so you know, we have your hope, hope for Douglas that he makes an impact this year and maybe booty makes an impact as well. We'll have to kind of see as camp progresses and maybe even Lee Cunningham. You never know. He's new to the position, but he's got some real wiggle. He's got some uh, really good burst and athleticism uh, that I think is rare just from what I've seen. And again, it's not, it's not, it's, it's hard to tell, um, but you know, we'll see what happens. So uh, as for someone asked about record wise, I, I would be disappointed if the Patriots finished at eight and nine. I'd be disappointed if the Patriots finished at eight and nine. I picked them eleven and six before the season starts. And I know that that's that is uh, before the. I'm sorry. As soon as the schedule came out, came out, I picked them at eleven and six. And I know that that I was a little higher than other people, but I would be surprised. Um, I'd be surprised if they didn't win nine to ten games this year. I just I'd be surprised about that. So, um, so we'll see. You know, and and Ray, I agree with you um, that I would rather cook than Fournette. I do agree with that. Um, but again, you know, it, it just it all depends on the contract, what they're looking for the guy to do, right? What do they want him to do? What role is he going to play? Maybe they look at it and say, "We want to give Pierre Strong more of a look because we think Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris can really help us out." And then so you say, well, if we like Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris and they're playing well and we feel comfortable with them, we need a depth guy. We don't need a guy to come in and play above Strong and Harris. We need a guy to, that can come in and play below Strong and Harris, right? Because we're going to play those two guys and then somebody else comes in, right? And so we have depth. But, you know... It all just depends. It just depends on on what they want, on what they can get the guy for, right? Because we know the Patriots are are obsessive about contracts, so they care about that a ton. 
So what can they get the guy for? What are they going to pay him? And then what role is he going to play, right? Is Dalvin Cook going to come here if he's the third option? No chance. There's no shot that Dalvin Cook's going to take any contract to come here and be the third option. There's just no way it's going to happen, right? And so maybe the Patriots are guaranteeing him a second a second option. I don't know, but maybe they're not. Maybe Fournette, they're saying, hey, look, you can come in and you know, see what happens, right? You're going to have to compete with Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong. Maybe you can beat him out. Maybe you can't. I don't know but we're not guaranteeing your thing, right? That's going to work better with Leonard Fournette than it is with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's going to say, bro, I'm going to step in. I might be your number one running back. Don't tell me I'm going to be, you know, so so he may want that guarantee he's going to get more playing time uh, as opposed to, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're excited about these two kids. If you can beat them out, then, then you'll get some playing time too. So it's just going to really depend on what they have in mind and what they tell these guys and then, of course, the money. And, you know, we know how the Patriots are with money and with contracts. And so, you know, I, I don't expect if Dalvin Cook's looking to get paid, which it sounds like he's going to, then, you know, maybe maybe this isn't the place, right? And Dad mentions Henderson. And I think Henderson is the guy, to me, Henderson is a guy that he's the depth piece for you. He's that fourth running back piece for you where you say, hey, we got him. We can stash him on the practice squad. No one else really cares. But he's on the team. We can stash him on the practice squad. And, you know, because now they have the veteran practice squad stuff so he can be on the practice squad. Um, So, you know, so we'll see what happens. Um, And Light Engine, you you talked about um, the pads coming on. Mike Reese thought that Monday would be the first day for pads. Um, Could be Sunday, but I I think it's probably going to be Monday. Um, is probably what I think. And they haven't announced they haven't announced anything for next week yet other than the in-stadium practice uh, for season ticket holders and Fox Bar residents is going to be next Friday uh, on the 4th, the 4th of August. So, so we'll see. And, and Ray, I agree. Fournette is, is a better pass protector, which can help your offensive line. So I think that might be something they're looking at as well. And again, it, it comes down to what are you looking for? Cook's uh, is, uh, Cook, I'm sorry, is, without a doubt, the more dynamic runner. But do you care about that, right? And so I think that that's, that's really the question they got to answer. So anyways, uh, that's what I got. That's all I got for today. Um, you know, thanks for coming in. Thanks for the chat. Is, uh, is is awfully lively today, and I appreciate that. Love conversating with you guys. I love talking with you guys. Matt and I will be back together at some point this week um, with the show this week. I appreciate you dealing with the the mess that is behind me. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll be back in my house at some point. So, um, so we'll see. Oh, and Greta Licious with a, with a solid, uh, with a solid point there that the whole offense falls into place. If the O-line doesn't hamstring the team like last year, agree hundred percent. If The O-line stinks. All this is moot. Doesn't matter. Um, so if the O-line plays better, which I hope, which I hope that they will, um, then, you know, then, then the team will be better. If the O-line stinks again, the team will not be better. And Kano, I will tell you right now, I will guarantee the Patriots will not be swept in the division. Guarantee it 100% guarantee from me right here. You heard it here first on what July 27th. The Patriots 100% will not be swept in the division. I will, I will guarantee that to you right now. So anyways, all right, that's what I got. Matt and I will be back later on this week. Appreciate everyone coming through. Thank you so much. And, uh, and we'll talk to you soon.